1: That's stamps.com. Code program. By Blackstone Motors, Drahida, Dundalk, and Cavan. The nearly new Opel sale is now on. Huge savings on the Opel Corsa, Astra,
2: Crossland, and Grandland, and flexible finance options to suit all budgets. See Blackstone Motors.ie. They're
3: going to ration the water have to ration it there's no doubt about it we we, we don't have enough water in this country it's, it's on the way the ration notices are coming of course I'm being facetious I say it all the time it's raining for the last 24 hours look at the poor people in Cork and Waterford and everywhere oh my god your heart would go out to them wouldn't it but I only say it I'm going to break up the shop if I ever hear of water rationing again in this country come on it's the wettest country it must be in Europe. It is, it is, we are, we are. We're on the periphery of Europe, sure we are. We just got to get ways, we got to get ways to manage it and look after it and store the blinking stuff. Anyway, it's been raining, raining, raining and I feel sorry for everybody who's had to work outdoors. And I saw the guys picking up the refuse today and it was just awful. It really was, I think, that my heart goes out to them. How lucky I am. To be here sitting at this microphone in the warm and heat and dry. I really am and I do appreciate it. Welcome to the show this Thursday afternoon. Great to have you with us. And we have lots of guests for you to meet today, as usual. Wonderful music, top five countdown. And believe it, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you something to do with lovely weather and the sun today in the show. Stay with us to find out more. But first up today. I'm delighted to welcome my first guest to the show because he is of this parish. He is of the LMFM family many moons ago. But if you go to the movies, you'll see his name up there on the screen because back in March, he was appointed Director of Film Classification for Ireland. Dr. Kieran Kissan, welcome back to your home base.
2: Thanks very much, Gerry. A pleasure to be uh, on the show and on LMFM.
3: Listen, tell our listeners, because many might not know, you worked here, I know you were producer of uh, Paul Egan on the Current Affairs show in the mornings, and you were programme controller uh, here in LMFM. When was that? Early 90s, was it, Kieran? The,
2: the, the early to mid 90s, yeah, uh, had a very uh, good number of years in Drogheda and with the crew in LMFM and learned lots and hopefully made a contribution to the development of the station as well.
3: Of course you did everybody does that uh, uh, is involved here and have been over over the years how did you come to radio do you mind telling me because you are a, a midlands man from mount wrath R- mount Rath should i say
2: I am I am I was uh, I got involved Jerry originally with um uh, before radio was legalized outside of Donnybrook I was involved a small bit with the pirate radio station so that's how I originally got into radio but uh, I then transferred over into the legal uh, arena with LMSM and then following that into the regulation side of it. So uh, poacher turn gamekeeper, you could say, <laughs> but that's how I started.
3: Oh, well, a lot of people in the business did. And uh, thank God, look at the way the uh, industry has developed since then. As you say, it was a one-channel, one-station nation, but that has changed immensely. And then, of course, as you say, you went into the, the regulation side. Who have you worked for uh, subsequently?
2: I I, I was with the Broadcasting Regulator through three different uh, evolutions of it. From It was the Independent Radio and Television Commission when really only dealing, focusing on on independent radio and then TV3 when it started. And then that evolved into the Broadcasting Commission of Ireland when there was a greater remit over codes and rules applying to all broadcasters and then the Broadcasting Authority when a greater uh, level of oversight in relation to RTE was applied. So I went through those three different versions of the Broadcasting Regulator and the BAI transformed into the new commission, the man, in March. But at that stage, I got the opportunity to take on this very interesting role in the film classification office, so I decided to take that up at that point.
3: And that uh, way you describe it there, film classification, for an older generation, it would have been known as the censor at one stage, but that's changed entirely.
2: Yeah, and this is the centenary of the introduction of the original legislation which established uh, the Office of the Film Censor in 1923. And it's interesting because uh, film censorship uh, had been in place um, prior to that before independence, but it was primarily operated at a local government level, so a county council level. And one of the first pieces of legislation that was introduced by the new state was to bring that together into a national office under the Department of Justice. Um, In the UK, it still operates at a county council level while there's a a self-regulatory body that deals with the classification decisions there, the British Board of Film classification. The legal structure is still one at a local government level, whereas when the new state was founded and the legislation was drafted while the civil war was still on in February of 23 and it was signed in in July of 23. So one of the first pieces of legislation and I'm the 13th holder of the office and it evolved from censorship to classification. The formal change came in 2008, so um, about 20, 15 years ago at this stage.
3: Yeah. The late Frank Hall, people would remember Hall's (laughs) *Victorial weekly, a legendary man in television. He was the censor, wasn't he, for a while?
2: He was and to be honest, Cherry, you can tell people stage by the person that they remember as being the censor, because often it's somebody who would have come to people's consciousness in their teenage years yes. when they were going to the cinema and they would have seen the name up. So uh, I, Frank Hall was here in the 70s and he was followed by Seamus Smith, who um was then followed by um John Keller. So when people say to me, you're the new Frank Hall or Seamus Smith, I know exactly <laughs> uh, roughly what age they are and where they fit, so you're after indicating your age now, Jerry, by referencing Frank Hall.
3: I certainly am, but I remember Seamus Smith too, I have to say, who took on the mantle afterwards. Anyway, you you fill big boots, I have to say. At this time, when you talk about 100 years, you have an exhibition going on.
2: We have, um, a, we're doing a project with the National Archives to transfer over the records that we have here into the archive so people will be able to go in and look at the decisions on individual films. There's already some material there, but we're in the process as part of our centenary um, events of transferring over the remaining records. And um, it's very interesting because you can go in and look at what was, and these are handwritten notes by the censor at the time into a, a ledger, you know, in relation to an individual film. So if they felt that certain scenes should be removed or they felt that it was not acceptable for one reason or another and the legislation is still there around obscene material, uh, then they would make a note of that and those handwritten notes are in the journal so people can go in and see them and they're really very interesting Uh, um, and we're also sending over the individual annual reports going back to 1924 which give a perspective from the censor over how things have developed over the previous years and one of the, there's a very interesting piece in there, one uh, where one of my predecessors was worried about the Los Angelization of Ireland uh, in terms of the material that was coming in. So mm. they're, they'll all be in the National Archives for people too and hopefully um, uh, people will get an opportunity to look at
3: them. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, many will look forward to that for sure. In a general sense, um Cinema, I get the impression, especially in recent times, that it's really on the up.
2: Yeah, um, there was a very um, positive movement up until COVID, and then COVID, of course, closed everything down. But looking at the trends this year, uh, Cinema box office is expected to be probably up towards 120 million, which is where it would have been at a peak pre-COVID. So it definitely has come back. But that's been driven by some very strong titles like we've had the whole phenomenon over the summer um, of the Barbie and Oppenheimer uh, duo that people went to see in the Barbenheimer. And I was smiling when you were talking about water uh, before we started our mm. chat, Jerry, because one of the things I think that drove the success of those two films was the weekend that they were launched at the end of July was dreadful from a weather perspective. yes and i say lots of people decided we'd better go to the cinema and uh, escape from the realities that are out around us
3: yeah so you see there's, there's a, a, what would you say a silver lining to every cloud and so be it with cinema by times people turn to it because uh, what else is there to do with the inclement climate we have but it, the Taylor Swift uh, movie was an interesting one wasn't it too
2: the Taylor Swift yeah yeah it was and it's it's out at the moment and it's It's one where I think you're seeing a a change in terms of uh, how concerts and music events are Mm. are, um, portrayed in the cinema. But also I think you're seeing that return to events cinema, which was very much a phenomenon that developed over the last 10 years. But this is an opportunity. We all know the stories around the ticket prices, but this is a very slick production. But it's over three hours long where you can get a sense of the overall spectacle of the concert and it, I think it, it opened last weekend and, and did very, very well at the Irish Box Office. Yes. The weather could have helped as well.
3: Mm, true, true. What about Irish cinema? And, of course, the Banshees, have I mean, initiated this year, still fresh from its success all over the world. And Ireland as a destination for making movies, of course, tempered by that dispute that's going on in Hollywood.
2: Yeah, they, well, hopefully that will be resolved soon. But equally, you had on Colin Kuhn, which was shot in County Meath. Mm which did so well. And that's part of a uh, a collection of works that's been spearheaded by T.J. Cahar under a brand of Sydney Cahar. And there's one out at the moment called Tarok, which is very good. It's set in the Kerry Gailtacht and it's about a team of women rowers. But when you look at the impact of Colleen Cune for both Irish language films, but also for Irish cinema, but also for profiling and highlighting the beauty of locations, that Arden always included like those in County Meath. I think there's a, a, a real sense of the value that Irish cinema offers to, uh, in terms of audiences, but mm. also in terms of profiling the country and Banshees being another one yeah. um, in terms of people going to visit the West of Ireland.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, look, it's a, it's an important part of what we are, and projects the country in a very positive light internationally. In a general sense, when you look at the environment you operate in, and we all do, and with the online world and what you can view and watch there, it's very unregulated, wholly unregulated. Many would say.
1: Well, it's it's
2: it's beginning to move into that space, and the establishment of commission the man is is a step in that direction in terms of bringing the online space into. Uh, the focus of regulation, but we published some research earlier on this year as part of our annual report, and it looked at the extent to which people had value in terms of the the work that IFCO does in recognition of it. But one of the findings that struck me was that uh, from the age of thirteen or fourteen, the vast majority of children, and they are children, are accessing content on a solo viewing device, and that could be a mobile phone, a tablet, and there's very little supervision. And when you think of that, that they have access to a world of content, and really it is a world of content, on a device uh, that's very powerful in terms of its connectivity, but also in terms of the, the material that they can access, I think there is a real issue that we as a society need to, to look at. And it's something we would hope to do further research on next year.
3: Good on you. Uh, back to the Barbie movie, a question for you. It was rated ter- 13 or older, but it's younger kids, Jerry, who play with Barbie who are hounding us to let them go.
2: It was rated a 12A, which meant that uh, under 12s could go if they were accompanied okay. by an adult or by a guardian. So uh, it was a matter then. And a lot of the ratings we gave, over 80% are ones which are an advisory rating. So the reader. PG twelve A or fifteen um, A, and what they mean is for for, for a twelve A is an under, it's for over twelve, but under 12s can go up. They're accompanied the same for fifteen. So we're a lot of the ratings now are guidance ones, which provide a bit of scope, but also responsibility for parents and guardians to make decisions. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I think the success of Barbie, it's, it's uh, I think the, the it's expected to top ten million at the box office, mm-hmm. which means lots and lots of people. Have seen it
3: yeah they have they have indeed my producer louise is dying to know uh has uh, karen Cassan a favorite movie himself
2: Do I, I don't really it depends on uh you know what mood you're in but i i will having studied it in college i have a soft spot for some of the older black and whites and i think it's hard to beat casablanca if you can see it on the big screen or some of those where you really had uh, high quality cinematography, uh, so some of those would I'd have a soft spot for.
3: I have to go along with you there, Kieran. Casablanca is absolute classic, and would you believe I was mentioned here in the show? Michelle and Louise were chatting one day. I, I I've watched it, but never in its entirety up until recently. And one evening, I don't know what was going on. I sat and said, "I'm watching this from start to finish." You just, oh my God, of its time and it's timeless, isn't it? It really, really is.
2: And it's, it's one that when it originally came out, one of my predecessors asked for certain cuts to be made in it because they were concerned about uh, the impact it would have on the stability of marriage. So there's lots of stories uh, around films like that that people can see in terms of the material that we've now transferred over to the archives.
3: What about the scary genres? Halloween coming up now. Anything in in that area, Kieran? Not,
2: not a big, not a big fan for me. But there, there's lots of it there, and I know that some cinemas are doing specials for Halloween they where are. they're re showing stuff. So there's plenty of material for.
3: Yeah, there are indeed. Um, coming back to where you began here in LMFM uh, Radio, um, Ruth O'Connell was just talking to me this morning. She said to say hello to you because you gave her a first start here, New, Ruth, from the go. newsroom. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 and she's
2: she's still there doing a great job. So she is. It, it's great to see continuity as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, scuba diving—you're a
2: big time into underwater. Yeah, that's something else which I started in Drahada with the Drogheda Sabaccala Club and have kept going. And uh, it's... Uh, the North East is another great place for that flower head and up into Carlingford. So uh, it is something which I got a taste for in Drahada and it stayed with me all these years.
3: Well, listen, uh, you never forget and uh, that's great to hear and you have great time for your uh, time spent here with us on LMFM Radio and living in this area too. We're delighted because we call you one of our own and you have a wonderful job now as Director of Film Classification. Success with it over the years to come and thank you so much for joining us on LMFM's Late Lunch today, Kieran.
2: Thanks, Jerry, and um, um, good luck with the rest of the programme.
3: Thank you very much indeed. Take care of yourself. That's Dr Kieran Kassan there who started life out here with us on LMFM Radio and is now the man in charge of classification of movies in Ireland. You'll see his name on the big screen when you go to the cinema. There is his name up there for all the movies that come into Ireland and are released to the cinema. you would Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Thursday afternoon. I hope the rain has stopped wherever you are. Anyway, I'll brighten up your day because I have a little uh, little giveaway for you to uh, tell you about after this break. OK, just to lift the mood on this Thursday afternoon, it's been raining incessantly for almost a day now. Do you know the now uh, CDs, uh, Louise? Now that's what I call music. Yeah. They're on 150-something Are they? at the minute. Yeah, 150-something. I think I have now
0: three
3: Have you? Anyway, I think I have the very first one. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, the Now albums. There's a Now album called That's What I Call A Sizzling Summer and we're heading into winter. I know it's a little <laughs> bit of a contradiction <laughs> and it's been raining for days.
2: That's kind of us really. Yeah, it? it
3: is. But we'd like to lift your mood out there. I have two copies of this album. There are four CDs. People do still have CD players and play CDs. I know it's all online and that type of thing. But anyway, I have two copies of Now. That's What I Call A Sizzling Summer and I want to give them away to Stay in the show Just to brighten the mood Of somebody out there All you have to do Is tell me Who's singing this song It's on the album Let's have it there Louise
1: With the like not way huh,
3: who is that singing that song, please, for the album today? Now, that's what I call a sizzling summer. Back to the movies, Louise, Ah, Casablanca. When Ciarán mentioned Casablanca, did me heart good. An absolute classic. But you see, I mentioned Halloween movies too, man. Mm. He didn't have much to say about Halloween. Neither would I. Uh, you know, scary movies at Halloween time. No, um, I'm not into the scary movies, Louise. No, not into them. Are you into The Omen? Did you ever watch The Omen? No, Carrie. You're not into them. Why? I'm not into them because I'm absolutely petrified of them. Texas Chain Chainsaw no. Massacre. No. Friday the Thirteenth. No. Freddy Krueger. I'd have to dig a hole in my backyard and sit for under and hide there <laughs> for a duration of about a month with rosary beads and everything. No, you're, you're not into them either. No, no, I can hardly watch Murder She Wrote, Jerry, <laughs> on my own. Now I will say this: I loved Hammer House of Horror years ago. They were brilliant, but uh, Dracula had a la- lasting a lasting effect on me. Was that Vincent Price or yes which, the guy before that or after Bela Lugosi? Yeah, him I could never think of Vincent that. Price, Frankenstein, Dracula. Oh, oh yeah, I exactly. love those yeah. movies. I used to get up as a little fella. I'd be let up. to be on at night time and I think it was BBC Two. And I'd watch them. And my mm. sister wouldn't be allowed to stay Saturday up to watch evening. them. <laughs> I didn't mind those.
4: No, but I
3: used to watch them on a Saturday evening. I shouldn't have been watching them, but I, should. I watched them anyway. <coughs> then I went to bed and my sister would be getting ready for the disco and she'd be hiding under the bed and she'd grab my legs and... <laughs> That's it, she'd head off, i get into bed with my rosary beads and pull the duvet right up to my neck so that the vampire couldn't get at my neck. <laughs> Did you honestly think uh, there was a bat going to come into your yes. bedroom and bite you in the neck? Yes. Did you? Yeah. You believe that? Yeah.
1: Still you I were
3: do. an innocent. <laughs> 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 will you ever There'll be grow, no will window of
5: mine open will, on Halloween night, I'll you, tell you that much.
3: Will you ever grow up? do you easily scare you do I know you're very jumpy you do scare easily I know that from round here (laughs) you are like that that is for sure and you'd have something in your head I suppose and it wouldn't let you sleep and things like that Hammer House of Horror yes those other ones not for me really I I just don't get any do nothing for me but they're huge people love them there are horror fans and good luck to them and if you love that type of movie well good on you we're going to talk for the next while on the show but something I've covered on a number of occasions. over the years here on late lunch, Lyme disease. It is horrendous if you acquire it, and it takes hold and. Really, you know, there's no cure for it, but there is great hope, especially in Germany, where there is a treatment that is working with quite a number of people. I'm delighted to welcome to Late Lunch today, Bill Byrne. He's going to tell you his story, and he's joined this afternoon by the wonderful David Beggy. David, good to see you again, and Bill, welcome to the show. OK, thanks, Thank you Jerry, both thanks. for joining me. Tell our listeners, Lyme disease, you got bitten by a tick.
6: When? I'm not actually sure, Jerry. to be honest, Um because the reckon it can lie dormant in the system. So it could have happened 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But I definitely did get a bite in Wexford around 2011, Mark. And then I got um, a trauma in 2017, which would have um, triggered it, so to speak. So that's kind of where, it's, where it sort of raised its ugly head at that stage. And... Um, my immune system just went downhill after that, just completely flat. When
3: you got the initial bite, you got some treatment then, antibiotic stuff like that. Yeah.
6: Uh no, I no. didn't because I wasn't aware.
3: Right. And, and did you know you were bitten by the tick?
6: I, to be honest, not really. I knew I was bitten by something.
3: Right. Okay.
6: Um. Now, there's also the possibility that mosquitoes. If you're abroad, mosquitoes can carry um mm. um different types of bacteria and viruses as well. So, that's always a possibility too. So, um, and then if they're in the system and you get something, something happens, your immune system or some kind of trauma in the system or an accident or whatever, it'll come out.
3: It triggers it. So, yes. it lies dormant. It lies dormant yeah. within for a but time. That's what happened to me. That's some, what happened to you.
6: Yeah, some people now can get bitten and get, you know, um, symptoms within six or... Quickly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So but
3: with you, it lay dormant and something did, else yeah. then triggered it and... yeah. It roars and
6: yeah, basically, if your immune system is strong enough to fight it initially, mm. um, but eventually it will, it will drag yes, you, it yes, it will get you, it will nail you.
3: What does it mean? How did it change your life? What What does so, it mean to you? You're on a stick. I just want to tell listeners, you're using a stick here today. Do you
6: need to use that all the time? Um, not around the house, Jerry, but for, for general walking, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what else? How is how it? How is so, it? So, I mean. Chronic fatigue is probably the main thing for most people with with with, with limes With mm. chronic with chronic lymes, chronic fatigue is the main thing, which is it's not like a normal tiredness. You know, people get tired. Oh, it's it's con- it's consistent. It, yeah. it it never it never stops. Mm. It's it's just there the whole time. Um some days you can't get out of bed. Some days you get out and you're you know you're 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 struggling in, in general. So the chronic fatigue. Um, a lot of people get muscle and joint ache. um the bacteria affects that. um there's an unusual called migrating joint pain where you where you could have a pain in joints for three days, and then the next day it's over to the other knee or up to your shoulder, which is the strangest i, I know it sounds it's, it's it's actually quite strange. um and like Lyme is a bacteria, so it goes in deep into the cells mm. in most part of the body. that's what it does. it's clever. it hides. It goes down into the gut. In fact, a lot of my initial symptoms were in the gut, mm. but I didn't know at the time. I had no idea. Yes, they found it hard to pinpoint this, didn't they? Yes, they found it hard to pinpoint. So basically, then eventually, I got um, talking to a woman in Navan who was a nurse actually, and she gave me the the name for the the lab in Germany where you get the bloods done. So I was I got three or four different false negatives here in Ireland because the, the, the tests are just not sensitive enough. Yeah. Um, it's as simple as that. So I sent the bloods over there, and um, they came back. And I was actually testing for other stuff as well, not known, you know, along with Lyme disease. But it it came back positive, and um, then I went to Doctor Lambert, Doctor Jack Lambert, in the matter in the matter, who is the only probably the only ID uh, doctor in Ireland that's treating it that's at the right. moment. Yeah, and he put me on. Um, a course of antibiotics, triple antibiotics, which is you're talking, between seven and nine antibiotics a day. i have done that for fifteen months.
3: By God, would that knock the stuffing out of you alone? Never yeah. mind trying to cope with the disease.
6: Yes. So there, you're, you're, you're straight away. You're into goat issues. Mm. Um. With, 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 with the, you're trying to combat that as well, and then that brings on all sorts of symptoms. So it brings out the symptoms that are in there. It brings them out. So initially, you have to get worse before you get better yes. so you you get a condition called herxine which is which is basically a die off of the of the bacteria mm. but unfortunately, the antibiotics didn't didn't actually uh, didn't actually kill it now um I think the cat reached certain areas um you know, for one reason or other, be that deep down in the cells, and mm. the, the as well as that the the blood-brain barrier in the head as well can can stop it from getting because it it causes inflammation in the brain too. Mm. Um, the it's a multi. Yeah, it's a it's a multi-system. Yeah, isn't it?
3: On on, it on, is, on, yeah. on the body, on the yeah. on the human body. You went to Germany. You've been over to Germany yeah. with the lab that tested and yeah. confirmed your Lyme disease, and you're currently. You're going through that process. Going through the process, Jerry. Yeah. Has it made any difference? Has it made a difference so at all to you? At
6: the moment, at the moment, as you says, just going through the process. It's what's happening. So I, I won't actually know because there's that much going on at the moment.
3: Uh,
2: I know
6: because we're back to the same thing again, where you, you have die off, which creates a lot of toxins in the body. Yes. So you're dealing with all these toxins, which cause brain fog, cognitive issues, um, peripheral neuropathy, which is muscle weakness. Um, nerve pain that kind of thing um, so basically to answer your question is it's it'll be another couple of months before I know for yes. sure um, now it was pretty intense and it was very very good the treatment it was mm. very, very intense I was over there for a full month and um, it was a one stop shop you had everything under one roof uh, every treatment um, was there so you had a list laid out for the day for the week you go here you go there mm. and the their main, their main treatment is a um, a high heat hypothermia, where you're actually put into a, a it's like an incubator um, scenario, and your internal body temperature has to be raised over forty one point six degrees to kill off the bacteria. So I think they told me afterwards I reached forty one point nine. Now you're you're sedated and all that, so yes. you don't know anything about it, mm. and then you're in a, an ICU unit afterwards to recover because uh, obviously it's taken a lot out of the body. Mm. So you do two of those. So the first two weeks to, to, to try and to try and nail it basically with this thing, mm. uh, you do two of those and you also do a blood cleaning plasmapheresis. It's a, it's a blood cleaning to try and yeah, if the bacteria are to try and clean out the blood, mm. it basically cleans the blood, puts it back in again.
3: I'm looking at someone who's been through the mill, you know. You know, through the mill. David Beggy, come in here because I I know you're so familiar with this man's case, and you're uh, supporting him with many others in in any way you can. I know he's not going to say it. He's the dad of six children. He can't work. He has no income.
7: Yeah, you know, it's it's he he's in a sticky situation at the moment. There's no doubt about it. And it's, you know, Bill has been battling for years, but. to be to be like that and to be the owner in the house and have to give up your work basically um and he he has four kids at home he doesn't mind me saying he's you know so he's a lot going on and he has no longer covered by like the, the the um his medical expenses now are no longer covered by anything he doesn't have the insurance um medical care doesn't cover treatment for Lyme disease in Ireland which is it's mind-boggling to me to be honest with you mm. so so uh, we're trying to we're trying to get to the, all, all our friends all his we grew up together he was the best athlete at, at 14 he was the fastest runner in Ireland at 14 years of age he was my kind of a hero when i was a little fella so we're, a lot of our, his mates we're just getting together and we're just trying to raise money to make sure that you know no stone unturned and whatever he needs to get in the next year we're going to make sure that that we can cover it, the costs for him and that's and that's why that's what we're about that's all we're just mm. we're, we're mates you know um he worked in Tower Mines, you did, Bill. You were,
3: your, your job was in Tower Mines. There. And we're going to give them a mention today because yeah. they've been terrific, haven't they? Absolutely, they? Yeah,
6: yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah they, they had a fund going there, a um, special medical fund, it's called, um, which I was able to gain access to, mm. to, to, to. To get to Germany. To get to Germany, to raise the funds to get to Germany. So, you know, only for that... It wouldn't have happened. Basically, but
7: Bill, Bill, I just want to interrupt. Bill has a lot of medication now in the next year to take and and treatments because if he just went to Germany, it, in that alone wouldn't have been enough. He needs the help for the next year, of course. And again, he needs some form of income for bits and pieces that needs to be sorted out and done to make sure that he can focus on getting better. And that's what that's that's what we're about, and that's what we want to talk about more of.
3: Can you think about a time you know? before this, you know what I mean, before Lyme, you know, and, and where you are now, it must be so frustrating to... It
6: is. Frustrating is the word, Jerry. You nailed it. Frustrating, I mean, when you get up and you see what's in front of you and you know the stuff to be doing or to be done and you just, you're just physically not able you to do it. You, you can't, can't do it. it. That's it. You just that can't is frustrating. do it. Uh, you're right, like, uh, sides from Tara Mines, like I used to work as a, as a block layer. So that's obviously... Hard you physical know, work. Yeah, hard physical work. Yeah, that's that's you know, kind of now. hope, gone out the window. Yeah. So for I mean, moment, uh, I yeah. Look, and and the hope Stuff is that the hard.
3: German route and all that yeah. will ultimately yeah. yield dividends, and you'll be able to get a yeah. semblance of a normal life back again. What are you mm. doing from? Tell so us. Tell we, our I today. tell
7: you, we, 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 a few of our guys got together and we said, let's let's get something organised. So. Made a few phone calls. Uh, Simonstown GA got involved as well because Bill's son is there and Bill will be heavily involved in Simon So, so they've, they've given us uh, their place to uh, out on the 11th of November. So uh, uh, tickets, they're 20 quid uh, a ticket. We have guys from the 80s team, lads I played with. Uh, we'll have a bit of a chat with them. We'll have lads from the 90s. We'll have a bit of a chat with them. We have the likes of Conor Nash come, who's come back from Australia. He's going to pop in and we're going to have an interview with him. So we have a couple of really good lads lined up for a chat. Um, we, 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 we're, we're trying to figure out who was the best team. So we'll have to work that out that. So we'll have a bit of fun around that from the 80s and the 90s and the noughties. Uh, we have, um, we are going to have an auction. We have tickets donated for the Liverpool match. Top end tickets for uh, premium uh, premium stand tickets and meals and travel to a Liverpool match. We have uh, f- quite a number of different things for the auction um, but the, the, the Liverpool tickets will be the main thing there we'll have a raffle we'll have music after it a really good night's entertainment mm-hmm. and hopefully you can raise money there now we also have a GoFundMe page and we start that only about a week or two ago we we've, we've three over three thousand in and so far. Very good. Fantastic. What is Paper that page? Sucking. How do people look up that page you, that are listening to Well us today? there's a, the link. Hopefully we'll get the link maybe on, on, yes, we'll, on LMFM. We'll do that so for we'll you. get all that. No so problem. you'll see the link there. You press yeah. the link. Now you go to GoFundMe and put in Bill Byrne Fund. You'll find it. You'll it find it. But I'm sure we'll put everything up on on do on that LMFM. and we'd be only delighted
3: to help you with that uh, and we'll publicise that. that for you. But uh, Bill Byrne is the name on GoFundMe. If you look it up there now you can contribute. So this night the eleventh of November is going to be a cracking night. Yeah the boys have been great. Can people like show up in the night, or do you need tickets? Well, we're,
7: we're selling tickets, so there's, okay. there's tickets available uh, in Simon Sound. There'll be loads of tickets there. There's tickets available in the Round O. there's tickets available in Foxes. there's tickets available out in Knesset and in, in Peter Donnelly and the the Butchers, in the mm. Fergie's Pub, in the Centre. So there's tickets available, and we'll get that mentioned out. We'll find we'll, we'll yes. get that up on the website ah, yeah. and um. Hopefully, we'll, hopefully we'll have them. Uh, they're selling well, so hopefully we'll we'll we'll, we'll think because the night's going to be good. The the, the I rang uh, my mates from. The '80s team and the '90s, and the response has been no fantastic, um, unbelievable, unbelievable. So, if they're in the country, they're coming. So, there's going to be there's going to be lads who, uh, you know, there's going to be yeah. good stories to be told. A like great crack that must give you a great
3: lift when you hear this man saying Absolutely, that yeah. people just said we'll be there. Absolutely, no yeah. questions, no questions asked.
6: Absolutely, Jerry. Even just sitting here in the chairs, have to give me a lift because I'm hearing stuff there from 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 David. Um, that I haven't heard before. So absolutely, it does. Yeah, yeah, mm. all that kind of thing. Even, even, even the Germany thing. Jerry would give you a lift. All that kind of thing. The fact that you know, down the road that there's help. There's, there's people there to help. You know, it's mm. it absolutely it does. Yeah, mm. yeah, it does. Yeah.
3: It's not an easy station, and uh, as I said, we've spoken to a number of people in the past on this show, and I I have a feeling for what it is, but you don't know it
7: until you're in the situation no, and you have I to live I couldn't I couldn't ah. put myself in his shoes I wouldn't be able to you're a very know, so. he's, he's positive brave. man he's a great man you really a are man, yeah. the
6: one thing I'd like to get out Jerry, is just awareness for people um, going forward because yeah. I, at the time I wasn't aware so if people are aware that um, of of a tick bite and what to do you know and the bullseye rash and go to your doctor immediately immediately don't hold back and you know six weeks for uh, a month or six weeks of antibiotics at that stage, will save
3: can make all uh, the difference. Yeah. I, save,
6: I, I think, can, it's, can it's save really ten important. years of illness. Yeah, you yeah. know, you could save ten years of illness in in in, in mm. two months. You know,
7: I know people people dismiss bites a lot. These, you yeah. know, they do, but you're going to have to be aware of it in the future. Yeah. And you know. if
6: if they are looking for information, Jerry, there's there's a I'm on a chat group. It's www.tiktokireland.org. Yes. If you're looking for information. They're great people.
3: I know of, I know of them and I've known yeah. them. TikTokireland.org TikTok yes. is the group yes. there.
0: In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches and fine jewellery,
3: Rebag is the answer.
7: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
3: If you want any information, if you're worried, if you're concerned or whatever, yeah. that is a fantastic They're resource. They're very good. Every yeah. week,
6: every week, every second or third day, somebody puts up a post yeah. with a picture of a voice. What do we do next? You know, it's it is out there. It's hard to believe. It's it, it's very random. Right? Yeah. I, it is absolutely very random. But uh, but it is there. You know.
3: Well, listen. I wish you well. The 11th of November, the 11th of November, Simonstown, Simonstown it's going to open. be And packed. I want to
7: thank Simonstown as well because yeah. really they've come behind us really strong in it. Yeah. And the, I'm not going to mention that all the lads oh, have I been helping sure. out. I've seen no, all the, I mean the, the list, list, of list of people as yeah, well. Yeah,
3: yeah, you, yeah. We have your back. Are you listening, Bill Byrne? Yeah. And this man has your back and all his friends and everything. <laughs> Keep our lit, as they sure say. Man. You know what I'm talking about. But yeah. thanks for joining me today to tell your story. David Beggy, sure. as always. Thanks very, very much. You're very welcome. Thanks. you. Ireland's most famous farmer and he's a great friend of ours on Late Lunch you know him well from here to the ground and more besides he writes extensively about it each week as well I'm here at Elm Grove Farm
8: and Darren McCullough This is some transformation Since the last time I've been here <laughs> We've been spending money Like it's going out of fashion, Jerry. Yeah, so we were on the side of the road there For years and years and years Literally like a pallet And a couple of buckets And selling the flowers To cars that pulled in It was like a drive through Ireland's first drive-through florist Um so today we have a purpose-built uh, shop and fancy branding and a fancier car park. And uh, when I put in the car park, somebody said, oh, no, you have to offer coffee. So then I put in a horse box down here and we're selling coffee. And suddenly our tunnel has kind of become a, a, an extension of the shop and we have plants. And the next thing that we're going to do is a pumpkin hunt because everyone is excited about Halloween. I mean, Halloween is nearly as big as Christmas at this stage. It's crazy. And, of course, me, is the whole. Home of Halloween all the mythology goes right back into the bowels of the, the Boyne Valley so we're part of the Boyne Valley and we said sure look at where we'll get you know put our arms around as many people as possible so we've tickets uh, for sale online Come in here next Saturday and there'll be a hunt in amongst our Christmas trees here. You can even tag a Christmas tree. So we put it to one side for you for Christmas. But uh, the whole idea is to get kids out, get them excited, hunting around for their their, their ideal pumpkin. We'll have face paint painting in here in the tunnel. So even if it's lashing rain, it'll be muddy, muddy puddles and all a bit, bit of gas. Um, we'll have face paint. We've got a giant spider inside in the tunnel, Jerry. I saw that spider and I'll tell you one thing. What a scare I got. I turned
3: round quickly. You're really going... All out for this Halloween. Yeah, we are, we?
8: yeah. Well, look at I mean, I have an old vintage tractor in there that was sold out of my granddad's uh, garage in Bad He ran Eugene Scanlon, he built Scanlon's garage in Babrigan, sold Massey Fergus all over the northeast. And it was really nice to kind of, you know, complete the circle, bring one of those tractors back here, 1955 uh, tractor. And we've incorporated that then into our giant spider. So we think it's going to be a great photo op. And we've got loads of stuff going on here. I'm going to take you over here, Jerry, up over behind the shop
3: yes and before you do I just want to mention one thing about these trees before we go because these are living Christmas trees planted in the ground Mm -hmm. here alongside the tunnel and I'll tell you one thing They'll have their work cut out to find the pumpkins there. There's
8: loads of cover. It's going to be great fun. It is, yeah. And look, I mean, the more challenge you can make it for kids, the more of a kick to get out of it, yeah? So we didn't want to just lay out the pumpkins out in the field and there you go, wheel a, a wheelbarrow out and, and pick the first pumpkin you trip across. So it's nice to be able to give kids a challenge, yeah? And, uh, and I suppose we're in the business of selling Christmas trees. Like, let's be honest, right? I keep on going back to this idea that we offer people an experience rather than just a shop, yeah? To be able to come to the farm and walk through all the trees and pick out the one that you really like. That's an experience that people are looking for and that's what we hope will set us apart from all the rest in the future.
3: It certainly will. So you've asked me to walk along here and we have been walking
8: some distance from the tunnels and the trees there. Oh, look at these girls and here. these gorgeous beauties. So we've had hens for years but I always want to do a better job and uh, so we invested in 50 new hens and i got about six different breeds jerry ones that would lay green eggs and brown eggs and white eggs and dark brown eggs and i have i planted very deliberately planted a, a multi-species swore. so i'm going to take you through the gate here to show you this god it's green and all
3: different shades of green yeah, as well yeah. and there's We're a variety of plants here, here Just isn't spot there spot
8: down here right yep. so okay look we have our grass right Um, and hens love that but what's important about this what we call a multi-species sword is number one it's got clover right the three-leaf clover and that is it's a magical plant because it takes nitrogen from the air and puts it into the root system into the soil so we never have to shake a bag of nitrogen or of artificial fertilizer on this sward. beside that you've got the chicory chicory is great because it gives this sward drought resistance and of course we're, we know we're in the midst of climate change and we know that we're getting these you know weather extremes and we're here in the Mead coast, the the soil is dry, and we get those extended periods of drought during the summertime. Grass just burns up, so the likes of chicory gives us, you know, a a bit of resistance, a bit of resilience I think is the word I'm looking for against those droughts. The other uh, species that are in here, plantain, that is actually believed to be an antelmintic and that's a fancy word for saying it's basically medicinal for, for the animals that graze it it helps give them protection against worms and we have a whole range of different grasses in there You know, we have modern varieties but we also have old fashioned varieties and we're not putting them in just because we feel sentimental about them it's because they'll again give us more resistance and resilience during the weather extremes they mightn't be the highest production varieties but they'll still tough it out during those weather extremes so this is what we call a multi-species pasture and you can see the hens there tearing around and absolutely course, Ellie the dog, fascinated by the <laughs> hens as well, watching their every move. But they love running around the, the multi-species uh, pasture and in amongst those Christmas trees and we think it's a, it's a paradise for them. Oh it absolutely is. Look at
3: this girl who's come up here to see what we're doing. She, I think she wants to speak on the microphone but <laughs> yeah. not today and I see you've also given them uh, pumpkins as well and they're picking away on those. So these are
8: true free range hens absolutely i mean look at you you try and give the animals uh, as uh, rich an environment as possible and i think they repay uh, uh, many times over with what they can produce because they're hard working animals yeah these girls lay uh, six eggs a week basically they take a day off it's a kind of a random day do you know what over here under the trees i've spent most of the last six weeks Searching under the trees every day because they insist on laying the eggs under the <laughs> bloody trees and They won't lay... I, I went out and I bought these nest boxes and the, the best types of nest boxes The eggs would roll away from underneath them and all the rest of it, but no out into under the trees So we're trying to have to trick them a little bit by basically locking them in in the morning when they like to do their business, right? So that forcing them to lay the eggs in the boxes rather than under the trees. I mean, yes that would be the ideal that they can be out in nature laying their eggs and having a great time but it takes us forever to find the <laughs> bloody things afterwards yeah so we have to be practical too you know
3: talk about a pumpkin hunt you could have an egg hunt as well the
8: tickets for the pumpkin hunt this Saturday where can people get them? you can get them online 24-7 so just hop on to ie, or you just google Elm Grove farm and it'll take you to the website even if you're not into the pumpkin we'll give you a bag of bulbs instead so you can take 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 them away and be looking at them next spring. It's a win-win all round. Thanks a million, Darren. You're welcome, Jerry. Those eggs are lovely I had two for me breakfast yesterday
3: morning and two again this morning I love soft eggs soft boiled eggs with soldiers and a little dash of salt and a mug of tea you can't beat it Late Lunch LMFM Radio up next on the show the Drogheda Motor Show is happening this coming weekend and I'll be joined in a moment by car dealers Nicky Smith and Robbie Matthews Tell me anybody who doesn't like a new car Oh the smell of the new car the look of it everything isn't it just something we all dream of Well this weekend in Drogheda they're closed Using Lawrence Street again on Saturday for the Drahada Motor Show. Brand new Drive 241. And to talk about it for the next while on Late Lunch, I'm delighted to welcome Nicky Smith from Smiths of Drogheda and Robbie Matthews from Western Motors. Gentlemen, you're both very welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks, you, Jerry. thanks Thank for you. joining me this afternoon. Well, Nicky, here we are again. This formula has worked for the motor dealers of the area in the past confident again it can do the business for you?
9: Yeah absolutely um, like Lawrence Street has been a, a very successful venue for us all um, it's it you know the, for, for a start the traders welcome you with open arms the the amount of preparation that goes in is all done and dusted the street closures your support from the guardie, the Borough Council and then the dealers put their best foot forward and their best dresses on and get out there and uh, show our wares From we'll be there from like starting up at 7 o'clock on on Saturday morning, and it's open to the public from ten. And you'll have like over seventy percent of the cars available for sale in the Republic of Ireland will be on display. So Which on is can't, you can't go wrong. You can't go you wrong can't there. Go wrong.
3: So if you haven't made your mind up, they, get down there on Saturday morning on Saturday you know, yeah, for yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. Robbie. In, in terms of you know leads for you guys, because this is what it's about. You're looking to to you know rustle up business. What's your impression of that from previous years? It does lead to sales.
4: We definitely get sales out of it. It, It's a great lead generator. It's it's a a catchment of car buyers coming to see everything in the one spot. So it it works very well. Um, All the guys from all the various showrooms will be there taking uh, information and Making appointments for test drive with customers for the following and upcoming weeks.
3: And besides the show, we have to say, boys and girls listening today, there's something for everybody in the family, isn't there? Going on here in Saturday besides the cars.
9: Yeah, I mean, there's there's music, there's entertainment, there's you know different stalls, outside attractions. You know the, the road safety authority are represented. I mean, it's 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 a total family day. It's a great community day. Mm. You know, I mean, if you if you take it, I mean, you know, Drogheda is is the hub town in the northeast for uh, you know car sales. You know, like as I say, all the brands that are represented. So I mean, you know, it, it's it's a no brainer if you wanted a nice day out, and, and you know the weather's going to be good. So, I mean, you know, you just cannot be on Lawrence Street on on, on Saturday. Mm,
3: 20 brands will be represented here in the one area on Saturday. Martin, the magician, he's a good friend of ours. Martin's going to be there entertaining as well. Dance, music, family-friendly events, face painting, balloon modelling, you name it, it's all going on. And there's a great opportunity to win prizes as well. There's a primary schools challenge colouring competition going on. And if you're a family there, you can enter a competition and there's gifts for family as well and prizes. It's all happening in Lawrence Street. This Saturday from early till late. Now let's get down to brass tacks here, Robbie, about motoring and where this business is going because the transformation from, you know, traditional petrol and diesel to
4: hybrid now to full electric. Where are we, Robbie, with this? We're we're all over the place, but we're 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 certainly electric electric is there, you know, and it's not it it's here to stay. We probably about twenty-five percent of our business this year has been done in Western Motors through electric. Um, Hybrid, not so much. We probably do about 5% of our business through hybrid. But combustion engine is still around.
3: Okay, so it's not off the agenda by any means.
4: No, definitely not. We still have access to petrol and diesel, um, very efficient petrol engines, um, but yes, we've got, we've got as you said, we've got something for absolutely everybody.
3: And you were Volkswagen, Skoda, Say it, and Cooper. Cooper. So you bring four marks to the uh, displays on Saturday. You're going something to be busy. for everyone. There is, you have <laughs> four there. Nikki Smith for uh, Ford. Big changes happening with Ford, really. And some of your great marks, you know, Fiesta, Ford. Focus,
9: Mondeo.
3: Well, they're history now
9: with history, Ford, are yeah, they? History, unfortunately, yes, they are. But, um, you know, there is, there is a future ahead. Um, we've got the new Ford Explorer, which is due in the showrooms from, you know, say, just early next summer, late spring, early summer. So we're looking forward to that. Now, that's a total full electric vehicle. Uh, that, so we'll add that to the Mustang Mach-E, which is full electric, which we have at the moment. But we still have our Puma, which is a mild hybrid. Our focus, which is a one-litre petrol, Kuga um, plug-in hybrid. Now that's an excellent vehicle. It's a two and a half-litre petrol engine and delivering better economy than any diesel on the market. So I mean, it, it, it's a fantastic vehicle. And then Mustang Mach-E. But there's a huge concentration from Ford at the moment on our commercial vehicles. Yes. Uh, so I mean, you know, the 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 Transit range. Um, you know they, they've reduced the amount of dealers that can sell transit, and they expect them to sell more. But Ford of Europe do do see a, a, a huge uh, future in in the commercial vehicle market, and you know we're we're part of that, and we just look forward to the future. Robbie mentioned the percentages that he's seeing electric wise. What about yourself? Lesser with Ford until we get the Explorer okay. next year, but you know uh, plug-in hybrid massive sales, yes. and mild hybrid on on uh, Puma massive sales.
3: What about the scenario of, you know, somebody listening today who's into uh, the combustion engine, be it, you know, petrol or diesel, Robbie, and they're maybe thinking of of the electric move. There's no problem. You you take the trade from those uh, vehicles. What about the price levels of electric at the moment? I hear people saying, love to go there, but... It's a big jump money-wise.
4: It, it is an investment. You do have to invest in in the first move into electric. There's no doubt about that. But we we still have grants available there. The the SEAI grant is available at three and a half thousand euro for for most customers um for vehicles under sixty thousand. So we 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 have support there, um, and there is strong residual values on combustion engine part exchanges as well. So so we we do soften the gap between the two prices. You're out on the um,
3: periphery of Drahado, You won't be much longer. You'll be in the middle of this <laughs> new mid- city that's happening yeah. here. Talk to me about Cupra because we've seen the new showroom going up and that as well. What is
4: Cupra? What is it? Cupra was the, 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 the sports badge or racing badge from Say It, And what they've uh, done in recent years is they've taken the badge out on its own. So it would be like Volkswagen GTI having GTI as a brand and creating models around that. That's what they've done with Cupra. It's a, a Disruptor brand. It's got um, a very sporty, dynamic range of vehicles. And it's, it's kind of aimed above and to the left of Volkswagen, but below Audi in terms of where it fits. Okay. But we're, we're seeing a lot of um, interest in the brand. We're seeing they've got some beautiful cars in the range. They've got the Cupra Fermenter, which is a, 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 a real um, exciting SUV, sporty. And then they've got their, their BEV, their electric vehicle, the Cooper Born. Um, which looks really, really tasty, also. Mm. We've got some other models in the range that they share platforms Would say it, which are the Ateca, the, the Cooper Ateca, and also the Cooper Leon.
3: Interesting. More new names we're hearing about yes. there and ones yeah. for the future. Mustang, Nikki, you mentioned, oh my God, talk about a car, huh? Oh, yeah. You, you, yeah. you know, you're talking about a yeah. prestige car there,
9: aren't Yeah, you? absolutely. Absolutely. So, like the Mustang Mach E is our first all electric. So, we've got that now about two years. And um, yeah, I mean, there is the entry level uh, does qualify for the three and a half thousand SEAI grant, so I mean that that that's a, a plus, but they do go up to eighty thousand, so they're a premium car, premium brand, and it's you know obviously it's the Mustang badge and the Mustang brand, but um, you know w- w- where, where we would see some volume is is uh, next year with the, with the Ford Explorer, yeah. and you know in in the full electric, that's what we're looking forward to, mm. but. You know, you can't discount, as Robbie was saying earlier. You know, the the the, the combustion engine is still there, mm. and you know, you know, majority of our sales at the moment are combustion engine, that'd be like petrol or, or, or diesel. But the the Puma Mild Hybrid is our entry level now, and I mean, it's a it's a success. It, it it it's taken over from the Fiesta, and um, you know, it, it would be our volume brand, our volume seller. And, you know, then moving on to the Cougar plug-in hybrid, which I was saying earlier, mm. is, is another winner, you know.
3: Yeah, I have a puma out there myself and I love it. <laughs> it's
9: a lovely car. It really
3: is. Yeah. It really is a, a fine car. Thanks um, for that, Jerry. <laughs>
9: <laughs> Robbie will be
3: in me here about Coopers and other things in a moment for sure. But look, that's the thing about cars as well, Robbie, building up. Uh, a clientele, a following, a
4: loyalty—they're your core, aren't they, for you guys? Absolutely. It's it's for us. It's all about repeat business. It's it's about hanging on to the customers that you have and and um, treating them right on on um, the the after-sales and servicing to bring them back time and time again. The
3: mm. uh, question there from John's an interesting one. Just on the electric, he's uh, listening to you both talking about uh, the new Ford on the way and you're you're in, into it at the moment. John wants to know. Look. What about second-hand electric cars? Have the boys a view on that? Or where is that? Because we're hearing a lots says John and the thing about the battery and, you know, the life of it.
9: What do you say to that?
4: Robert, you'd be better to answer that one. Well, the, the warranty on the battery is, is very long on electric vehicles. Like It's up to eight years warranty. On the the batteries, and as the vehicles come through the workshop for resale as secondhand vehicles, the the there's tests done to certify the the, the usage on the battery and the longevity left in the battery. Okay, so absolutely nothing to fear on.
3: There you are, reassurance there from the man that knows. Anyway, back to Saturday and Lawrence Street. Uh, there are nine dealers, but twenty brands, which is the significant thing there, right across the board. Um. Is there a little bit in nudge and wink and trying to attract them to your stand? And is there that little bit of rivalry, Nicky, as Absolutely, well? yeah. Even
9: though you're all together. I, you know what I'm getting at? I, I might be sitting with Robbie now, but on <laughs> on, 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 Sat- on Saturday we'll be opposite ends of Orange's <laughs> Street. <Don't laughs> dare he come down my end? <laughs> yeah, but you look, that's what no, makes No, but I mean, we, we do get together. Yeah. You know, I mean, if it wasn't for, uh, I don't mind saying Robert Murray from First Citizen oh, Finance. I mean, he, he pulls it together year in, year out. You know, he he gets the the, the meetings going. We, we we start preparing for this four or five months ago, yes. really. Yeah. You know, yeah. with with monthly meetings, then it comes down to weekly meetings, and um, you know, I mean, the, the motor dealers of of, of Drogheda, you know, we we do realize that you know, put your best foot forward, your best colors, your flags, your bunting, you know, get on the street. It's a bit of color, but it's a great family day, yeah. And you know, it's 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 a great community day, mm. and. I think I think we're all of the one opinion let's get out there put our best foot forward get some leads and we will and test drives book some test drives you might get a sale on the day you might but you might get 10 the following week yes so i mean it- It's a win win all round for everybody. 10 until 5 on Saturday,
3: Lawrence Street in Drahada. Come in and see all these dealers and the marks. There's 20 of them there. And again, to mention First Citizen Finance, the SIMI, Drahada District Chamber, uh, Loud County Council, the the Order of Malta, and the Lawrence Street Business and Traders Group. All part of what's happening on Saturday. I hope you sell loads, boys. I really do. Nikki Smith from Smiths of Drahada and Robbie Matthews Western Motors. Thank you both for joining me. Good luck with the day. Thank you, Jerry now, that's what I call a sizzling summer four CD set and some fantastic songs and it'll brighten your winter for you I wanted to know who was singing this one
1: It might seem crazy what I'm about to say.
3: I just love that song. I try to be happy every day, I do. It's not always possible, but I always try to put the bright side out. That's the policy here. Anyway, um, Anyway, the winners today of those two lovely CDs are... Ian O'Brien in Dondry in Navan, One of those is yours. And Caroline Cunningham. Well done to you. So we'll organise to get those to you. Stick them in your CD player and enjoy. Louise, I was mentioning earlier on about the rain, 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 rain incessant for 24 hours. Oh yeah,
4: I didn't hear you. Did you Much. not
3: hear me? Oh, sure. <laughs> Much. I have that problem every day. But anyway, you're listening to me now. <laughs> Um, I mentioned the bin men, you know, the guys going around collecting yes, the bins. Did. And it was just awful mm. this morning. And my heart went out to them. And, you know, it's people who have to do their jobs regardless of the weather out there. They're only one example, but it just brought it back to me today. Uh, I think of them and how tough it is. Work for those people. It's tough in the normal times, but even in weather like today, I just want to remember them. And anyone else who's out and about and had to put up with the awful conditions we've been experiencing Late lunch, LMFM Radio, Thursday afternoon, still to come after three in the show, Def Leppard. Yeah, well, I'll tell you about them. They're in the top five countdown if you're a fan. And we're talking to Rhoda Smith, part three of our series on mental health about OCD. Five, four,
1: three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today, it's... The number
3: two from this week in 1995. And it was these guys' biggest hit in the UK. Yes, the most successful single in their homeland. It reached number two, the slot it's in today with us on the Top 5 Countdown. When I Tell You it was written by lead singer Joe Elliott and bass player Rick Savage. You know who I'm talking about, do you? Yes, I'm talking about Def Leppard. And this song was to be released earlier than 95 but unfortunately it didn't happen and they included it then on their greatest hits album called Vault. Yes, it's Def Leppard, number two in our top five countdown from this very week in 1995 when love and hate collide. A real power ballad on your late lunch this Thursday afternoon.
1: Never change
9: your heart If you would only change your mind It's like a year without you baby If you
5: have a heart at all without you Can't stop the hurt inside When love and hate collide
3: Def Leopard number two in our top five countdown when love and hate collide this afternoon on your late lunch the big number one from the week in 1995 in question coming your way tomorrow around about this time on the show october is mental health awareness month and we've uh, been talking to Rhoda smith she's a wonderful counselor based in Slane, and part three of our mini series with her is coming up next and today we're talking about obsessive compulsive disorder part three of our mental health series today we're talking about obsessive compulsive disorder with the principal counsellor at Slane counselling centre rhoda smith welcome back to the show
5: Hi, are you gerry how are you
3: i'm good thank you very much for joining me again today it's fair to say that this is very hard to grasp to understand what is ocd can you put it in a nutshell for us
5: i can so i'm hoping today to sort of help people understand what OCD is. It's not an uncommon thing to hear somebody say, I'm a bit OCD, like this. And really what they're referring to is a preference to have things tidy, sometimes clean, even a fussiness. So while cleanliness can be a component of OCD, it's not what it is. So OCD is about intrusive thoughts. An intrusive thought is an unwanted and distressing and persistent thought. And this creates high levels of anxiety and stress. So as a very basic example, imagine that uh, you're getting ready to go to bed, Jerry. you brush your teeth, and then you get this thought in your head, did I lock that back door? And you start really worrying about, oh my God, I don't know if I locked the back door. What would you do? I'd go down and check the back door. Absolutely. And that's, So that's a very small example of then you go back upstairs and you go right, the back door is locked. But the thought comes back and it keeps coming round and round again. And the only way to relieve that element of fear and danger that that is bringing is to engage with the compulsion of checking the back door. This is the loop a person can get stuck in with OCD, where there is this real threat of danger, and if they don't do an action, they can't. that, that, that anxiety will not leave.
3: But surely when I've gone and checked it, that's the end
4: of it?
5: No. So that's somebody that might sort of, that's worrying about something and you go and you check it and then you know it's done and you, and you can calm. But these intrusive thoughts, so anything by the nature of something that's intrusive, it's unwanted and it's distressing. And while there's a lot of us that might sort of lock the car once or twice and just to be sure, to be sure, <laughs> yes. you might lock it again. Yes. It's, it's the level of distress and fear that comes with this. So sometimes people will know, I've already checked the back door, but some people get so lost in it all that it's hard to see the woods for the trees. And even if they know I've checked it, that that feeling won't go away. So it's trying to to manage that level of anxiety.
3: So in other words, people will go back again and again and again, and that's where you get locked in the cycle, is it? Yes, exactly. I see. I see. I understand with this. The other one that's a common one I just mentioned here just comes to mind. and I know you wanted to talk about, you know, this thing of washing your hands. Now, we should all wash our hands. It's very important with what's going on in the world and viruses and that. But some people really get hooked on this, don't they? Non-stop.
5: They get stuck. So within OCD, there are loads of sort of reoccurring types of intrusive thoughts. A lot of them are about safety, some of them are about right and wrong, but also contamination is a big one. So whether a person becomes anxious about whether it's germs, viruses, bacteria, um, the threat of danger is really real. But also what happens then is it's not only for them, because it can bring a real feeling of responsibility that they also have to protect those other around them. Mm. So if they don't get these, get get their hands clean properly. It's not that they might get sick, but they could infect everybody else. So washing their hands is a really common compulsion. And also it can develop on into, not only do you have to wash your hands, but it has to have a specific sequence with repetitions um, because then that ensures that the danger is gone and avoided. So again, this is where someone gets caught in this loop and time just gets lost. And you can imagine that anyone with um, OCD where their intrusive thought is about contamination in the middle of COVID. I mean, unbelievably difficult for a lot of people.
3: Oh, incredible. Uh, uh, Incredible indeed. Is this something that uh, some people are more prone to than others? And can it happen to you at any stage of your life, Rhoda?
5: It can happen to you at any stage of your life like it's not like other mental health disorders where um you, you can do anything necessarily to avoid it some people it hits some people it doesn't hit it's actually more common in women than men um and a lot of women end up sort of getting ocd around the time of having children um so it's 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 not avoidable it's just one of these things that can hit lots of people. 40% of people um, experience OCD.
3: God, that's very high. Now, I, I'm a bit OCD myself. Louise will tell you that. Uh, you know, I, I like things done in a fashion and, and in an order, and I like them in place. Even at home, i work on that as well. But I don't think I'm, 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 you know, under its spell, if you like to say.
5: No, and the thing about it is like, a real guideline that we use as therapists is that element of time. And if, if what, the guideline really is that if somebody sp- spends an hour um, doing these behaviours, help is needed, because you can imagine that if 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 you get stuck washing your hands, if you get stuck in the shower, then if you get stuck just making things a certain way, and it interrupts their day, um, then it it really gets out of hand. So generally the, the guideline for when you get stuck is one hour a day being lost within these behaviours is the flag to kind of say some help is needed. And also the levels of distress, the levels of, so even though you might like things a certain way and, and you like, might like order and sort of things to be the way they should be, you won't get distressed, you won't get highly anxious, you won't get panicky um, and that's a big difference too.
3: Yeah that's uh, an important point to make. And if you if, if you are gripped say by the hand washing thing or something else can that lead to others can your whole life become consumed with this?
5: Yeah and what can happen with a lot of intrusions is they sort of hop. So sometimes if there's a particular intrusion um and and I've seen this in therapy with clients where we actually real we'll challenge these intrusions that will say if you don't do this this danger is going to happen and we'll use things like evidence and science and proof to challenge these but then what can happen is when we kind of put one intrusion to bed another one can arrive mm. stress has a big sort of um, impact on OCD and when someone gets very very stressed out they can get in added intrusions so um, that's why we kind of keep our eye on time that's, that's lost because it can get really bad and people can end up unable to go to work, unable to leave their house um, and it can just interrupt someone's Mm. life awfully.
3: Yes, okay. What's to be done? What can be done?
5: So, I suppose, like we spoke about before with depression and anxiety, there were certain little actions and stuff that could help. Like, like, exercise connecting with others unfortunately with ocd these do not do the trick because you can't get out to do your exercise if you're stuck in in these behaviors so again if one hour is being lost a professional help is needed to assist with identifying these intrusive thoughts having a professional to talk to can really assist because it's very hard for someone to name to someone in their life that they're getting stuck even because sometimes they know I know I'm safe but I just can't handle this anxiety so it's not an easy thing to talk about so getting support and, and assisting with, with managing these the anxiety and the intrusions yep. CBT is really really effective in this it's very practical and can get really good results
3: Fantastic Rhoda back next week we are dealing with grief thank you so much for today
5: No problem at all, Jerry.
3: Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That is Rhoda Smith there. Eddie Caffey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. We are back with your final late lunch of the week tomorrow, Friday at half one. Have
0: a nice evening.
5: Listen back to the Late Lunch Show podcast.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.